Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Thanks for being with us. Some of the world's most powerful globalist elites this week in New York City for the New York Times Deal Book Summit. High-profile guests included Disney's Bob Iger, J.P. Morgan Chase's Jamie Dimon, Warner Brothers' David Zaslav, and, of course, the world's second or third richest man in the world, maybe the first, Elon Musk. Jamie Dimon of late, by the way, seems just more than a bit off, which is never a good thing when you run the country's largest bank. Diamond leaning into his biggest market outside the United States. That's China. A fave, an absolute fave with Diamond. Listen to Diamond defending his business in China and boosting the Chinese communists. I'm not afraid of China. Okay, we have all the food, war, and energy. We have the Atlantic and the Pacific. We are, we are have not pissed off our neighbors. We've got a great relationship with Mexico and Canada. You know, they have a very complex neighborhood. They've done a pretty good job angering their all the people around them. Okay, and that's we're all remilitarizing: Japan, the Koreas, Philippines, Indonesia, Vietnam, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and India. And whatever you think about Russia, they're not great friends. You know, like in, like a mere 30, 40 years ago, there were armies on both sides between Russia and China. So and they have to import 10 million barrels of oil a day. They've got terrible demographics. So I'm not afraid of China. I think we should engage exactly the way the administration is doing it today. And I think it's good for an American bank to be there to help American you know, multinationals around the world and China with their own development. If it makes sense, if for some reason the American government says, no, nope, can't do that anymore, then so be it. Diamond with a red flag there, saying it's good for us to do business with China. Sure it is. It's great business. Look at the trade deficit, for example. That'll tell you how good it is. And then there's the second red flag. Diamond saying we should continue to follow and to engage with China, the way the Biden administration has been doing. Diamond, therefore, is aligned not only with the puppet President Biden, 
but also with the puppet president's masters, the communist Chinese. Now, isn't that cozy? And as if Diamond's calculus on U.S. national security isn't embarrassing enough, take a listen to who Diamond has endorsed for president. What do you think of the, the, the two leading candidates right now? Oh, God. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you're not going to tell I me. I did come out and make a nice statement about Nikki Haley. You did. Even, You've been talking to Nikki Haley. Liberal, yes, I have. Even if you're a very liberal Democrat, I urge you, you know, help Nikki Haley, too. You know, get a choice on a Republican side that might be better than Trump. And is that your view, that it's anything but Trump? I, I would never say that, you know, because he might be the president. I have to deal with that, too. And, you know, but 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 when he was I, the president, you said critical things about him. Yeah, I don't mind criticizing the president. Yeah. Not good. Haley is now on record as thrilled, of course, with the corporatist elites who are demanding more illegal immigration. She thinks that's just boffo. But also four square. She's backed by Charles Koch's political network. She couldn't be more elitist, more establishment if she tried. She is an oligarch's first candidate, and the donor class thinks she has a chance. But no way. I mean, first of all, they thought DeSantis had a chance. And then, well, you see the picture. Elon Musk on the stage for an interview. And boy, did he wake these establishment folks up. Calling out the worst kind of people, and at times even calling out some of the elites in attendance, in person. At one point, Musk was asked about advertisers leaving Twitter at an alarming rate. And this is what Elon Musk had to say to those leaving X. Obviously, you know that there's a public perception that, and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. At the end there, you hear Musk say, hey, Bob, calling out Disney CEO Bob Iger for pulling his advertising from Twitter, better known as X. Musk made it clear he doesn't care about the money. He cares about changing the world, changing the world for the better. And of course, Musk has no interest in the green crowd when he's doing more for the environment than anyone on the planet. The approach to um, some of the stuff you're doing with, with AI has been very specific, right? There's not a let, let the chips fall where they may approach to those businesses, I don't think. No, we focus on making the best products. And, and, and Tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all. I understand that. Tesla currently sells uh, two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles as the rest of electric car makers in, in the United States combined. Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined. It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? No, I, no, how do I feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that, because this goes, we're talking about power and influence and... I'm and saying, I'm saying what, I, what, what I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. 
And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. F*** them. Okay? I don't think Musk could have said it more eloquently. Our guest today is a man who's been fighting the medical industry orthodoxy for the past three years. He fought back against the China pandemic, against Big Pharma, the virus vaccines, and went to war with the medical establishment and medical elites and his preference for treatment rather than vaccines. Joining us now is Dr. Peter McCullough. He's a world-renowned physician and author. He's the first doctor to sound the alarm on the government overreachers of COVID. He's also the host of the McCullough Report podcast. And Dr. McCullough, as always, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Suddenly, we're hearing about a new disease, a mystery disease, a discussion about China and what appears to be an epidemic there. More denials, of course, by the Chinese public health authorities. And we have no real comments of substance coming from either the White House or the CDC about that so-called mystery disease that's overwhelming hospitals and clinics in China right now. You're right. The U.S. public health agencies have been silent. They haven't informed us at all. The WHO says that it's inquiring uh, of the Chinese. Now, I was fortunate to get firsthand report from Dr. Michelle Schechter in Brazil, who received a patient back from China who had this Chinese pneumonia. It turns out that uh, this pneumonia is, is a form of a macrolide-resistant mycoplasma pneumonia. So this is a, an established organism that does cause a pneumonia, mainly in children. It's a very small bacteria. It gets inside human cells. And the unique aspect to this is that it's not responsive to azithromycin is what we usually use, but it's exquisitely sensitive to using quinolones, various forms of ciprofloxacin and related drugs, as well as tetracyclines, like doxycycline. So her case cleared up very quickly on a quinolone. So this is very different than COVID-19. This will be easily treated. I thought it is interesting that the Chinese only tested her patient for influenza and COVID. They actually didn't have the type of test we have in the United States that could identify the organism within about 20 minutes with a standard uh, multiplex panel. That's, uh, that's interesting, too, because it became, of course, then a, a, mis a mystery disease of uh, last week. We're at what, I guess, the sixth day, seventh day, perhaps, uh, of uh, being aware uh, of awareness of this uh, epidemic there. So why are we not hearing, in your best judgment, from the public health agencies? And why have we heard some stirrings about, oh, yes, here comes a disease that's even worse than COVID-19 or the Wuhan flu? It almost seems like it's intentional fear-mongering, Lou. Our agencies should get well ahead of this. There's over 150 peer-reviewed publications on this illness. The Koreans and Chinese have been reporting on it for the last several years. There's an outbreak in the Netherlands. It'll be the same. And if doctors and hospitals were adequately briefed on this, we could be ready with the right antibiotics and snuff this out right away. So in this case, it's another failing of our public health system. Another failing of the public health system, and it is it is to me more than passing strange that we learn also to just about now that YouTube and the White House were working to censor uh, dissenting views, differing, differentiated scientific views, if you will. Uh, and the House Judiciary Committee, just learning this, 
we're it looks like this is uh, this has been a full on we knew it was bad but it's a full on propaganda misinformation disinformation campaign by our own government against the american people indeed it was a worldwide campaign to mislead the entire world on this the targeted areas of suppression was early treatment for covid-19 all the various forms of early treatment from nasal sprays and gargles down to the high-tech monoclonal antibodies, they were all suppressed. Uh, we know that information on natural immunity was suppressed by YouTube. You know, there's a paper written in uh, medical internet research suggesting that YouTube was 94% successful in suppressing any hope on treatment and just promoting this government narrative of lockdowns, masking, and waiting for vaccines. You know, if it were not for you uh, and a handful of other doctors who had the courage to speak out and to talk straight about what was happening, uh, I don't know what actually would have been the result. Uh, we are fortunate to have had your courage your and your great knowledge uh, as a physician. But to think that we are reliant upon individual citizen warriors to stand up for truth is, I'm concerned about it. I don't know if we have more or if we have fewer right now than we were fortunate enough to have during the pandemic. My colleagues in major academic medical centers all feel inhibited, like they can't speak their mind, they can't you know, perform independent research. You know, there was no new treatment protocols that came from Harvard or Mayo Clinic or Emory, any of our, our blue ribbon institutions. They were completely silent on COVID. Do you know none of these institutions claim to be a center of excellence for treatment of COVID or now complications after the vaccines? It's really astonishing that the American medical bravado was completely absent during COVID-19. Everybody wants to be the best in cancer or heart disease, but where's the hospitals that say they're best in having Americans survive COVID? We're largely through the pandemic, and this is gonna be looking backwards, but I think we need to do a post-mortem on the failure of the American medical system. Yeah, you, you would think that that would be uh, an, an, an insistent reflex on the part of the establishment itself. Uh, where we are with the CDC, it seems to me, is a, a very unusual, even by the standards that, <laughs> that we grew accustomed to in the, in the pandemic. They're now trying to push, and the White House, seemingly, uh, to push responsibility for um, Americans' public health away from the CDC, the NIH. They're trying to, it seems, engage the World Health Organization as some sort of supra-government uh, uh, agency uh, for not only the United States, but indeed Europe uh, and the world. That's exactly what the WHO wants with its pandemic treaty alliance and international health regulations. They actually want to be in a power and control position and through the WHO power and network, then influence the CDC and all the other public health agencies down. Remember the WHO is not elected. It's largely funded by the CCP and the Gates Foundation. And the WHO doesn't help us medically in our practice whatsoever. Uh, recently now New Zealand, Slovakia, the Philippines, many countries now are pulling out of the WHO. They're not gonna go along with this pandemic treaty alliance. 
Yeah, it's oh, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, and why we would not uh, our, uh, to give us uh, your best read as to how uh, how uh, superior is American medicine. Once it was the envy of the world. Uh, I worry that it might be something else now. You know, still to this day, American medicine, again, is uh, such a, you know, such a, a blue ribbon aspect of our our lives. It's high tech. Uh, we have the best training doctors from all over the world come here to train, not vice versa. An example is the Chinese didn't have the basic technology to diagnose mycoplasma pneumonia and, mm -hmm. and give us uh, an update. And we have it here. But what we're not seeing is we're not seeing promotion of independent thinking, of uh, research that, that clearly is independent of the influences of big pharmaceutical or vaccine companies. And Americans have, have really lost their trust of the healthcare system through the pandemic. I think shutting down, Lou, was a giant disaster. We never should have done it. Our doors should have been open and we should have been helping Americans through the pandemic. Instead, they felt as if they were abandoned. I want to take that up with you right after these uh, quick words uh, and we'll be back. We're talking with Dr. Peter McCullough. We're going to talk more about preparedness for uh, what it seems the Biden administration is intent upon uh, fear mongering just as soon as they can determine what will be most serviceable to them in that regard. Uh, this time, apparently uh, a fizzle from China. We'll talk further with Dr. McCullough. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with Peter McCullough. We're, uh, by the way, the host of the McCullough Report. And uh, we're delighted to have you with us. Uh, we encourage you to, to follow his podcast and him, as do we. Uh, let's... Uh, Let's turn to what we're seeing now is a, the, the idea of a mystery pneumonia that was starting to percolate up as something that the the administration could really get its hands on. You could just see it. Uh, and now it, it's sort of gone poof, hasn't it? It's true. This uh, this mysterious Chinese pneumonia now found out to be macrolide resistant uh, mycoplasma pneumonia, easily treated with available antibiotics. But don't forget, we've already been through a, a false uh, fear campaign with monkeypox. Biden right. administration and, and HHS Becerra declared national and public health emergencies respectively for monkeypox. Uh, that wasn't the case at all. It was a very limited 
outbreak to largely gay and bisexual men. It was easily handled with a drug called ticoviramat. There's no reason to put the whole country on national alert for these types of diseases that we handle. Now we hear, Lou, about disease X. And Peter Daszak at the EcoHealth Alliance, who played a key role, it looks like, in the creation of SARS-CoV-2 virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Peter Daszak in 2018 published on Disease X with great enthusiasm, saying that there'll be another disease, one after another, and that we must respond with mass vaccination over and over again. The the mass vaccination, I, I haven't seen the latest numbers of vac- uh, vaccinations. Uh, I think the last one I saw was somewhere around 17 or 18, 18% of the American population uh, with, the, uh, with the vaccine uh, at this point. Uh, but we're also hearing these other reports for the UK, for example, that 94% of the deaths uh, from COVID were from those who had been uh, triple or quadruple vaccinated. Uh, what do you make of that report? It's true. You know, the randomized trials never showed a reduction in hospitalization and death. In fact, a critical analysis of the Pfizer program by Michaels and colleagues showed actually an excess risk of death with Pfizer, particularly cardiovascular death. So we knew the vaccines weren't going to save people from dying of COVID. But as they were deployed, we saw mass failure. There's a paper by Shreffa and colleagues from Cleveland Clinic with each successive vaccine the workers are more likely to get sick with COVID-19. For some reason, it seems to knock down the immune system. We know the vaccines have been hopelessly behind and catching up with the various mutant strains. Now, two organizations, Lou, since we're really at the end of this, are calling for withdrawal of the vaccines, World Council for Health nationally and the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons here in the United States. And do you think that'll come to pass? It should. I've called on the floor of the U.S. Senate as well as European Parliament, the uh, Brazilian uh, Chamber of Deputies. And then uh, next week, I'll be in the lower house in the in the UK. There's calls all over the world to just retire these vaccines. I made a presentation yesterday at Old Parkland Campus in Dallas, Lou. I know the Texas numbers well. We've had 92,000 Texans who've died either with or, you know, with testing positive for COVID overall in the pandemic, only 1513 we're in 2023. 20, uh, so we're down to a very small number of people who would ever test positive. It's easily treatable. I think the vaccine should be retired so we don't have any more worries about uh, new side effects and then move on. Are you are you surprised at the number of people who are deciding to resist any further vaccination? Uh, it, it seems to be uh, entirely organic. It does not seem to be a campaign that resulted in any uh, you know, mass movement, uh, but there does seem to be a, a, a rational rejection by the American public of what uh, they're being bombarded with advertisements every day uh, from uh, Pfizer and from uh, Moderna and others. It's true. People are doing their own research. Many have now had the virus, you know, two or three times. For them, it's mild, well tolerated. They just can't see a rationale for keep taking a shot every six months. If someone is following the government instructions, you know, Mandy Cohen, director of the CDC, if you're following exactly what she's telling us to do, uh, people have had nine shots. Lou, we've never given nine shots for a vaccine before. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And we're also hearing reports from uh, whistleblowers. 
Uh, the U.S. Navy for its pilots, apparently at least one whistleblower, saying that they have seen uh, more than doubling of my, uh, myocarditis uh, re responses to the vaccine uh, and significant uh, uh, cardiac uh, uh, disease. It's true. Our, uh, our CDC and FDA warned us in June of 2021 that the COVID vaccines cause myocarditis or heart damage. Two prospective cohort studies, one by Mansugian, the other one by Buren, show the rate is about 2.5% per shot. And that, so it may seem like a small number, but it's not, it adds up. And so if there's heart damage, there's a risk of a cardiac arrest. That's the great concern in pilots and others who are, you know, their jobs actually influence the lives of others. Uh, the FDA and CDC never gave us any strategies, any risk mitigation strategies. Now we have a great concern. As a cardiologist, I'm seeing this on a daily basis. I want to ask you one question as we as we move toward concluding here. Uh, what is, is there a basic kit, uh, if you will, of uh, medicines, uh, treatments that should be on hand in every household uh, just for the, the odd chance that we do have a serious, serious virus and uh, pandemic? You know, the wellness company and I advise them as the chief scientific officers introduced an emergency medical kit, which is exactly what you describe. It's pretty broad based. It could it could handle this new Chinese pneumonia. It could handle, you know, everything from a dog bite to anthrax. So it has a necessary um, pharmacopoeia, uh, a guidebook, but also a telemedicine consult with a doctor on the other end of the line to help. I think everybody ought to be outfitted with one of these kits. It's one kit per adult. And then they have a specialized COVID kit that, you know, provides the right medicines, including the types of nebulizers that we would use to get people through COVID. These kits have been, I think, well received. People do not want to get burned again, and they want to have everything at home ready to go. If indeed what Bill Gates and Tedros and Peter Hotez and Fauci say, they say we're going to be hit with another pandemic, we better get ready. Uh, indeed, we shall. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, come back. Uh, and Peter McCullough, we're going to answer your concluding thoughts. Uh, and uh, you just mentioned a couple of names uh, whose names are, uh, I think, now somewhat controversial. I'd just like to get your concluding thoughts on a few of those. We'll be right back with Dr. Peter McCullough. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Now we're talking with Dr. Peter McCullough, and uh, as we went to break there, uh, 
you you mentioned two names that uh, I think are uh, highlighted in history of the of the pandemic, and that of course Bill Gates and uh, the WHO's Tedros. Uh, he, he, give us your assessment of where they are and uh, how they fared, given given the uh, at least the space of time now that we have to evaluate what they pre- forecast, what they sought, and what they did. Both Gates and Tedros are not doctors. I think this is important to, to, to understand. But yet they're out there in the public health space, very visibly Gates and actually the World Economic Forum formed CEPI, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness and Innovation. That's an NGO. Again, we didn't elect them. Very well funded. The CEPI business plan says there'll be a series of pandemics. And for each one, there'll be one answer that is mass vaccination. There are so many bio labs out there that are unregulated that are working to develop more infectious and more lethal pathogens, as well as countermeasures, which are forms of therapeutics, monoclonal antibodies, and vaccines. We don't hear about missile systems and missile defense systems, but we hear about biological threats and countermeasures. This seems to be the new area that, um, that both research scientists, NGOs, governments are hotly involved with. Hotly involved, we find uh, in uh, Fresno County, California, a bio lab uh, with a connection, a direct connection uh, to the CCP, uh, but no investigation. And it's been almost a full year since that was discovered purely by accident, not by investigation. Uh, We now find out that that, uh, Dr. Fauci was putting a a bio lab uh, for gain of function research in Montana without anyone's uh, knowledge. Uh, your reaction to to those discoveries and the peculiar responses by our government? Americans should know that the National Institutes of Health has a ban on funding gain-of-function research from the government. That doesn't mean gain-of-function research is outlawed. It's not. In fact, it's done all over. I recently testified in the Arizona Senate, and an action item I gave them is they should do an inventory of all the gain-of-function research going on in their state. They ought to know about it. And I think, you know, a proactive step would be to shut it down. This isn't science for science sake. This is actually creating new organisms, uh, bacteria, viruses, and fungi that can actually harm us. We've already been burned with COVID-19. If gain-of-function research continues on, there probably will be another breakdown in some lab and the world could get sick all over again. Well, doctor, it's always great talking with you and very, you know, both informative, uh, helpful, and uh, frankly, inspiring. Uh, we admire your courage uh, and your and your insistence on speaking uh, your 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 scientific mind on scientific issues. Uh, uh, we're going to, as we always do, uh, give you the last word here uh, on the Great America Show. Your concluding thoughts, if you would, today. Yeah, I think we're largely through the COVID-19 pandemic. People have returned to normal. I think we should be vigilant, though. Uh, People should do their own research, have their own form of personal protection and defenses at home. And I'm not talking about a mask, talking about, you know, having some basic medicines on hand, having virucidal nasal washes and gargles. That's the first defense against anything we're going to inhale. And we have to understand that, you, you know, we cannot rely on the government or even the medical orthodoxy to save us in a time of crisis. We really should be looking for innovative leaders who are thinking outside the box. Sadly, those leaders were heavily suppressed on 
mainstream and social media. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Lou. Doctor, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks to Peter McCullough. Thank you, everybody, for being with us today. Our guest tomorrow here on The Great America Show, the founder of the Article 3 Project, Mike Davis. And please join us for that tomorrow and each and every day on The Great America Show. And follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. And may God bless America. America.